blackstate.com. Black Solo. Producer, Mike Howlett. How I started recording with uh, Orchestra Maneuvers in the Dark was uh, because uh, they were on the same label as Martha and the Muffins, and I'd had a hit with Sam was Echo Beach. Orchestrators in the Dark had brought out a, 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 their first album, which they'd recorded themselves, and it had not done too badly. You know, it had been um, in the 30s somewhere, I think, in the charts, and they'd released electricity of it. Uh, but Carol Wilson, who was the head of the label, uh, asked me to meet the band and um, try to persuade them you know, to use me to produce uh, messages from the album. I had a meeting with them, it all went um, reasonably well. I think I managed to persuade them you know, by discussing what they thought could be improved about it all and we, we both agreed it was a fairly thin-sounding recording and that we could get a, a fatter sound. Partly by using a real drum kit as opposed to the Roland CompuServe they used on the on the first version. That's how we how we agreed to go in and do it. And it was uh, as a 48-hour session. I, I believe you know where we started recording on the one day, got it all down and uh, finished it off, and started mixing on the second day. And I think finished about 10 o'clock the following morning. And, um, and I enjoyed that session very much. It was the first thing I did with them. And I'd come up with a really interesting second bass part. There were two bass parts on it. One was the original one, which was um, Andy McCluskey played a, a you know, continuous eighth notes um, following the changes of the chords. But it seemed to lack uh, in this sort of depth and width. And I kept hearing a really low sound that I thought would work. And so when, once we got the whole thing down... I um, suggested this part and it was one of those lovely moments in the studio where the part just suddenly clicked and everyone was dancing around and we all thought it was lovely. And a couple of months later, Andy McCluskey rang me out of the blue and said, I think it's the best thing we've ever done. I want you to do the album. SonicState.com Recording Souvenir was uh, was very interesting because I, I went up and did pre-production with uh, the band in their studio. They now built up in Liverpool, which had a 16-track studio uh, in a control room. We, there were two uh, things on the sound of the uh, of the demo that I really liked that they played me. One was the keyboard sound, which features as the, the instrumental chorus. A lot of their songs used an instrumental chorus, um, which is a sort of feature of their writing instead of a sung chorus. And um, in, in this case, the sound was, was particularly interesting. And I said, what did you play that on? They said, it's, um, it's the Korg Micro preset again, which we'd used on messages and featured quite often. 
uh, monophonic synthesizer, but uh, in a very analog. Uh, and they played it to me, and I said, "That's that's not the sound. That's not what you on on the demo." And they said, "Oh well, we had a bit of reverb on it." And I said, "Well, you know, put it on. Let's hear what that is." And they put this reverb on. It was a spring reverb. I don't remember the brand or the name of it anymore, and I'm not even sure if they could remember. But it was a fairly cheap. Uh, spring reverb in a in a box um, designed for studio use, and bingo, there was the sound. So I said, "Well, that's it. You've got to bring that down to London. Absolutely essential." And the other interesting sound was in the middle eight section of the song, which was a sort of breakdown where there's um, different choir voices uh, sounding and. How they got that was uh, the space in their studio they used to rent out for people because they weren't using it quite often. And uh, at one time they had a choir practicing uh, uh, warming up by singing long sustained notes and then moving up a, a note and singing another one. And what they managed to do, and I believe because they give credit to David Hughes on the record, could well be that David Hughes was the person who who did the recording, but they recorded, they had recorded on the 16 track, uh, on, on parallel tracks, uh, each of these notes, which meant that they could bring up uh, faders for those particular tra- tracks, and up would come the note that the choir was singing, and so by bringing up two or three faders, they could bring up interesting chord possibilities. So it was a kind of early sampling this is in 1981 this happened and sampling machines weren't really i mean the the s900 i think was yet to be hit the market so it was quite a um, an interesting aspect to it paul humphreys could sing in tune and he sang almost identically every take but he had a very soft voice and um, I had trouble sort of, you know, I try a vocal, I think, okay, this is a nice, you know, compiled up a decent vocal, but it, it just wasn't somehow rather substantial enough in sound. It was all in tune and all phrased well. And then I tried having you know, the best one at, you know, up at the full level, and then about between 5 and 10 dBs scattered around. Um, first I tried it, you know, two other ones underneath as a sort of soft double track, and then I tried three. And in fact, when I put four vocals underneath the main one, there's a kind of... You get the character of the main one, and then you know there's a kind of thickening going on, but it's it's um, just you get the right level, and it's subliminal. Souvenir was in, was in fact the third single I recorded with them, and unfortunately the last one. Lamange, another single I had, living on the ceiling. Which was actually one of the very first times that um, that remixing came into play. Uh, I actually I'd done the album and we'd done living this living on the ceiling, using uh, a sort of synthesized sitar type of sound. I, I'm not I can't remember exactly what keyboards we, uh, we used there. I know we had a the good old Moog, <laughs> the mini Moog, wonderful thing, um, doing quite a lot of stuff. But there was a, a selection, and you know often we just uh, gang them up or double them up. 
MIDI, of course, didn't exist at that time, but I used to carry around with me a flight case with various little boxes that were interfaces that would make, uh, you know, turn a sort of an S trigger from a, the, the Moog used an, an S wave to trigger, uh, whereas things like the Yamaha, I think we're using a plus 5 volt square wave and some were using a plus 2.5 and some used a negative volt and so I had a box that, that would do all these different kinds of conversions so that I could hook them up together and, and get compound sounds so a lot of those sounds would come from just playing around with various things and deciding that that was what we wanted and I, mean, I still think that's a way you'll get a lot more interesting sounds And, you know, we'd made this thing and we'd used um, electronic uh, tablers and electronic sitar on it and finished the track and um, I went off, I, I was doing another project abroad somewhere, I think, and uh, they tried to get me back to, they wanted to release it as a single, but the A&R guy decided that we ought to use real sitars and real tablers, which I you know, it was a nice idea, but I couldn't do it in the time scale, so um, they ended up getting Dennis Weinrich to do it, who I met, I met again recently, and um, in fact he's got the gold disc that he got for remixing it on, the, um, on his office wall. He runs a really nice uh, post-production multimedia suite up in Camden and doing very well and a very nice man and in fact it turned out he was extremely nervous about meeting me because I thought I might have been angry and bitter or something about him taking my track and and, um, and messing with it but uh, I had a very different view I thought he, they'd done a really good job you know, we were doing it electronically they wanted to try this idea and I couldn't do it and it was a hit so you know, why should I worry I got paid and I still get my royalties trickling through and I like the record a lot So, um, now I'm a, a lecturer in audio technology. I teach a couple of days in Wales at the University of Glamorgan and a couple of days in London and Ealing at the Thames Valley University's uh, London College of Music. That is um, pretty much another part of my current preoccupation. Bye-bye. SonicState.com Doing solo.